Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature-centered paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms, through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Welcome to our show. My name is Deborah Rose, and I'm your host on Circle Talk. Circle Talk is one of the shows featured on CSNP, Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast. CSNP has a lineup of rotating shows each month. Mondays feature Lunatic Mondays with host Laura Gonzalez. It can't be Tuesday without Circle Talk, this discussion show that happens on the first and third Tuesdays of each month. Wednesdays feature Circle of Nature with none other than Selena Fox. The second and fourth Friday of each month features Songs of the Pagan Tribe, hosted by Kern Greenman. Less talk, more pagan music. Explore the songs, music, and the wonderful, inspiring world of pagan music. And the third Friday of each month features Blue Marble, an eco-educational, eco-restorational, and eco-spirituality podcast that features eco-activist adventures, stories about climate impacts with climate solutions, and how you can manifest good energy for the planet. We have such a fun and informative lineup of shows, and we here at CSNP hope that you try them all. Celebrate the um, full moon online with Circle Sanctuary Community. The theme is prosperity and takes place on Tuesday, August 1st. Full moon circles begin at 7 p.m. Central Time, which is 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Mountain, 4 p.m. Pacific. Circle Sanctuary full moon circles include invocations, music, meditations, poetry, reflections, and ritual workings. They are facilitated by Circle Sanctuary ministers, Reverend Selena Fox and Reverend Judith Sizes, plus other members of the Circle Sanctuary community. Those joining online are invited to bring a candle to Kindle during the ritual, and you're invited to interact with others on the chat on YouTube. Attendance is free, and there's no registration required. For more information, please go to circlesanctuary.org. Art is inherently magical, and you as an artist are the magician who can ritualize any creative endeavor. Tonight, I'm so excited. We're going to be talking with Estrella Taylor, who's the author of a new book just published, Firing Creativity Through Magic. Her new book will guide us through the creative process, and she uses an impressive collection of spells, rituals, deities, and lore, all which can be found in this new published book, Inspiring Creativity Through Magic. Estrella Taylor is an eclectic pagan witch with over two and a half decades of experience in the witching world. She's also the author of several other books, which are just as wonderful, Air Magic, Intuitive Witchcraft, and Modern Witchcraft with the Greek Gods. She has a bachelor's degree in science from Anatot College and a master's degree in environmental sciences from Wright State University, which inform her scientific takes on spirituality. In her spare time, she presents workshops and rituals online and at festivals across the country. Occasionally, she blogs at Starlight Witch on Patheos Pagan. You can find her. Uh, if you want more information, you can go to her website at 
dot astraeastraetaylor.com, which is A-S-T-R-E-A-T-A-Y-L-O-R.com. She's also on Facebook and her Instagram, too. I am super excited to chat with her tonight. I have her book, Inspiring Creativity, and after tonight, you're going to want to go to Luan.com and get it, too. Welcome, Astrea, to Circle Talk. Thank you so much, Deborah. It's so wonderful to be here and to be on uh, this talk with you. I, I love Circle I... Sanctuary, so this is such an honor. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, I've got your book, and it was wonderful. Uh, in fact, I'm going to be buying a copy for someone. Um, it was really, really good. Uh, oh, thank you so much. Though, how did you get started? Did you grow up in a pagan family? Well, my mom was kind of witchy, uh, and uh-huh. she read some Gerald Gardner back in the day, but then I think, like, life took over and she got busy, and uh, so she knew a lot of stuff, and I was uh-huh. in a very open, magical kind of environment as a child, and it was all really cool. Like, she taught me some really cool things. I remember one time as a child, I was like, Mom, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm dissolving the clouds with my mind. <laughs> And oh, that's like cool. that. Like that really, that really stuck with me, you know. Like, uh, and I and I realized from a young age that there was the power of intention and our words that we use and even the thoughts that we speak. So I was kind of raised with some of that in the background. But then uh, I did this whole searching, soul searching for you know what religion would suit me the best when I was a mm-hmm. young teenager. And it was really interesting. I studied all of them, and I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> and then the only one that really fit me was paganism and witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I had the opportunity when I was, I think, 20 years old to go to a pagan spirit gathering when it was held mm-hmm. out of Syria in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And it changed my whole world. <laughs> I was oh, say, that's so fun. It connected me. Like, I was one of those people who slept in the quiet camp, and I went to every single workshop period that I could, and I took notes because I was in college and I was living on my own, and I couldn't afford the books, but I could invest in this Mm -hmm. kind of a vacation, uh, you know, learning experience that was very spiritually renewing. And so, you know, just going to those rituals and the workshops, it changed my life forever, and it was it, you know, something that was so such a beautiful awakening within me. And after a while, you know, I was traveling. I was in grad school. <clears throat> I didn't have a lot of uh, time to devote to reading, but mm-hmm. I had those foundational practices from Selena, from Circle Sanctuary, from the volunteers who taught those workshops. And so mm-hmm. I took that with me and developed my own practice of uh, intuitive witchcraft or doing what feels right Mm-hmm. And figuring out the correspondences, just based on um, what what felt right with me in the moment, you know, what I really needed and what I had in my cupboard, you know, <laughs> or outside in my in my uh, garden or the the nature preserve or whatever. And so, and I just went from there. And I never thought that somebody would have you know find value in that kind of a book. But I published that book in 2020. And uh, it's just taken off from there. That was my first book with Llewellyn, and I have three more after that. This is my Inspiring Creativity Through Magic is my fourth book with Llewellyn. And I, I have to say it's probably one of my favorites. It is mine, too. That's so exciting. Well, let me tell you something <laughs> fun. Well, I think it's just 
inspirational for me and 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 divine that you um, are publishing your book now. I um, um, I like to say that I'm a, a, a paper artist, although um, my uh, uh, partner he laughed when we very first started dating. I said, "Oh, I do art." Well, he actually does art. He paints and he does like like big art. Well, I do rubber stamping and scrapbooking things like that. And when he met me, I showed him these cards and all this stuff. He goes, uh-huh, well, where's your art? Okay, that's it. But anyway, mm-hmm. so it was, like, not great. Anyway, <laughs> okay. I laughed. So I'm always shy to say I'm an artist, but I like to create. I like to make cards for people and put my energy into it. I like to scrapbook, oh, and I've really gotten into planning, a planner. So I decorate my planner, and it's become, like, a memory, a journal for me. So yeah, in the, uh, I love that. In the, in the Christian world, um, Bible journaling and creating and drawing and stamping on a Bible is really big. And mm-hmm. I have, it's funny, for the last several months I've talked about, you know, obviously that's not my spiritual path, but I like that idea. And I would like to do not only create art, but do something with grimoires, a book of shadows, and I don't know how to start. And then your book came. So I'm going to be purchasing your book for several people to get us started on this creative journey um, to include art in our magical repertoire. Because when I read your book, I realized, for me, it's always been separate. Do you know what I mean? It's like this is my spiritual path, and this is kind of my art thing, and I haven't Mm -hmm. done a very good job of combining other than I have done things like paper poppets, and I've done mm-hmm. a few things, but I've never had the mechanism for combining it with my magic, and your book does that. So I'm very, yeah. very excited. So what gave you the idea to write this book? Well, um, it's interesting. I have been uh, working with this creative spirit for about 10 years now, and mm-hmm. that creative spirit helped me finish my first book ever. Before that, I had been writing and trying to put myself out there and trying to do something, but um, I couldn't seem to finish it. I couldn't seem to focus on my work. I couldn't um, bring it home. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, and then I was like, I got really uh, this wonderful idea, and I started writing a fiction book. Uh, so I, I published those two fiction books before my Llewellyn But um, I realized that I actually was using uh, correspondences that were for creativity for me. And Mm -hmm. then this creative spirit just started to show up. And that's when the good writing started to happen. That's when uh, magical inspiration started flowing into my head. And I got these ideas. The characters came to life in my books. And uh, it was so exciting, like this this whole energetic burst of inspiration. And I noticed that there was a spirit there as well, because I can see spirits a little bit, like kind of in the periphery mm-hmm. of my vision. Mm-hmm. And, and at first I was, uh, you know, I was like banishing every spirit, because I thought it was a hitchhiker into my home. Right. My home is very protective. Uh, but it, it actually turned out that it was a good spirit and it wasn't, you know, saying anything weird to me, anything bad or anything like, like too good to be true. <laughs> you know, you have to mm-hmm. do some discernment with the spirit. Right. And then I was like, okay, you're here for the creation process, which is amazing. Let's create together. And so we finished that first book and now, um, 
I just finished my sixth book, and it just got published, the Inspiring Creativity Through Magic book. And and I realized um, before I started writing the book, I was like, you know, no one's written about this. There have been some mm-hmm. some people who kind of hint about it, like the artist right. way and Big Magic by Liz Gilbert, but um, no one's really writing this much about the creative spirit. And I have all this experience. I have like a decade of experience. So that's what really started the book's inspiration. Well, I loved it. And it starts off by a concept that I had never really thought of, which is interesting because I also have an angel. I have a guide that I work with. And you yeah. talk about creative um, um Spirits, and you start off with the muses. Tell us about that because someone told I read and I forgot where I read it, but like people will have like I'll have this great idea, and then mm-hmm. you know life gets busy, you don't do it. And I read a book once that the mu- the muses come and they give you a gift of inspiration, mm-hmm. but if you don't use it, they move along to someone else who will. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. I don't know that the muses yeah. stay along with me very often. So tell us about this creative spirit. Yeah, I feel like um, these creative spirits, however you want to view them as deities, as muses, as genius spirits, as uh, mm-hmm. angelic guides, however you want to see it, it's all, you know, kind of like the creative inspirational spirit. Uh, it's, I use that term just to be generic <laughs> because I want right. to be inclusive to everyone's ways of seeing things. Um, but, yeah, there can be a, kind of like a spirit or an idea of the times. You see that in the word zeitgeist where everyone mm-hmm. comes up. Like, you know, where uh, you hear about people coming up with patents ideas at the same time. Right. It's the same kind of thing for people who are creative. They're like, oh, I'm going to write about this one subject. And, um, you know, uh, in Big Magic, Liz Gilbert says that she and her distant friend – we're actually writing a very, very, very similar story at the same time. And this uh, book is actually really of its time as well because I signed the contract for this in 2020. Mm-hmm. It's only coming out now because I had the Greek gods book. But, um, you know, since I signed that contract, there weren't any books out about creativity and magic. And since that time, right. there have been at least three books that have come out it's about it, funny. but what's interesting is that they're all different takes on art and magic, and I think you know, we all have fun? to have our voices in there. Yes, and right. I love it, and I bought I bought every single one of those books, and they're in the bibliography, too, because I love this concept so much. And, uh, yeah, so I feel like the idea of the times, like there's a spirit of the times, when a, an idea is ready to be absorbed into people's minds, it will make itself known. Mm-hmm. And, yes, it will move on if you don't, uh, you know, work with it, absorb it, and, and honor it. it out into the world. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. So yeah. how, how do you get started? How do you create a spirit or create the space? to have a spirit help you with your art? Well, I approach it much the same way that I approach ritual. So first I have okay. a cleansed space, external space, mm-hmm. and then I cleanse myself, <laughs> you know. Um, mm-hmm. And if you have a protective house, you know, you don't have to do this every single time. Uh, and right. if you work in uh, public places, you can have like a little bag that you carry with you with stuff uh, but right. I think it's important to have some kind of a cleansing and then setting the intention, of course, and then setting goals mm-hmm. 
where, like, you know, your intention falls in line with those goals, you know, what you're going to do this time and how it relates to your larger goals. Uh, that's the magical practice right there. And Absolutely. Then, I really like, you know, whether you cast a circle or you just use elemental correspondences that represent, right. you know, air, fire, water, earth. Coming into contact with all of those and, you know, you can kind of like bring in your whole ritual. Uh, I use what I call creative correspondences for the elements mm -hmm. to kind of ritualize my creativity and bring on the inspiration from the creative spirit. And I also invite the creative spirit to be with you sometimes. And also, um, you bring out in your book, you have to be open to it. Like you said, I know you, in your book, if I remember correctly, you saw the spirit that you work with kind of out of the corner peripheral of your eye, and when you went uh -huh. to look at him, it vanished. So you yep. have to be very <laughs> open and, you know, with kind of vague and use more of an intuition than actual visual mm -hmm. to be open to that. Yeah. And I think some of us have yep. to, you know, the doubting Thomases who like to see proof, you have to simply be open and trust that it's yep. there. And, you know, people like Stephen King, he works with a muse, and he uh -huh. said, you know, his muse does not – does not like to be regarded directly. So there, like, the more I researched this, the more I was like, oh, my gosh. It's, like, the same with Stephen King. It's the same with Tori Amos. It's the same with Ray Bradbury. Right. It's, like, incredible. <laughs> Isn't that Isn't that fun? Um, and, yeah. And you also do, again, like, like you said, creating a circle and do it is not something that I would do every time I go to stamp a birthday card. But... I right. told you I wanted to get into more magical and spiritual art, you know, decorating mm -hmm. the Book of Shadows, um, mm -hmm. doing things, um, like I said, I've made poppets, but expanding that more, doing things with paper that I could use in ritual. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how wonderful to basically light candles and create a circle around my art room to do that special yeah. type of art. And, yeah. and what you say is experiment, do it, and see if I can tell a difference in my art or my experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I love lighting a candle, uh, first of all. Like, that's it's such a, mm -hmm. like a, a resonance with me and my creativity. Right. And if you only have a little project, you can use a chime candle. Don't use, like, a three-wick pillar candle, you know. Right. It's a long project. Um, but, um, and like, how magical is that to light a candle when you're creating? And if you bring in the other correspondences as well, mm -hmm. if you use, like, incense and or music for air. Let's uh, talk about use... that. Let's talk about that. Okay. Uh, for air, which in your mm -hmm. chapter, I believe you call it vision and inspiration. What are some of the mm -hmm. correspondences we can use for air? So I really advocate for the right kind of music or some kind of a, uh, a noise or, uh, you know, certain people like certain things in their art. So a sculptor, I mean sculpting, I really like uh -huh. to use audio books. Um, oh. When I was doing uh, fire dancing, I like really dramatic songs. When I'm doing writing, mm -hmm. I like trance music. So there's all different mm -hmm. types of things you can use, but just basically something to take your, to busy your mind with. Mm -hmm. And to kind of saturate that 
and podcasts are a great thing, like for artists, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a way to like feed the mind and kind of let the spirit take over, you know. Right. Right. And then I really believe in the power of aromatics, whether it's essential oil or incense. You know, it enters our brain and skips our prefrontal cortex and enters the more animalistic parts of our brain. And it really, really affects us. You think about all the correspondences with oils and and whatnot, Mm -hmm. uh, aromas, like those are direct influences. So finding the right ones for you can really help you drive in that sense of air, that element of air. That is a great idea because I have really been into (laughs) – sprays lately and I could take frankincense and I could take different sprays that I do for uh, intuition and for spirituality and just make a water, not with oil as much as with water spray that I can just spray around Uh the room. Oh, that's a great idea. Write that down. Yeah, and frankincense is one of my favorites for uh, creativity too. So good. So good. And that's just one element. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, then then yeah. let's move on. Tell us about fire. Okay. So when it comes to the element of fire, um, you know, we have our choice as far as what kind of candle we want. If it's a small mm-hmm. project, like we were talking about, like a time candle would do great. Um, if it's a bigger project, like I'm writing for like maybe three hours, I'd like to use like a glass pillar candle, uh, you know, mm-hmm. just so it's contained. It's, you know, it's just going for a long time. I don't have to check on it or trim the wick. Uh, and then the color of the candle matters as well. For me, I like to use a blue candle when I'm writing. It it helps me with expressing myself, uh, at least for um, uh, you know, the more Llewellyn kind of books mm-hmm. there. But for fire dancing, it's a whole other thing, and I like to use an orange candle for inspiration. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so if you want to impart joy into your cards, or your, even your stamping them and stuff, uh, you could use, like, a, a yellow candle that reminds you of, like, the joy of a sunshiny day or a right. purple serenity candle to infuse that energy into it. Uh, right. All of that stuff comes into play. They're all creative correspondences that resonate with you. That's a really great idea. And I may, I'm sitting here thinking for healing because I have a regular healing practice. And what I found was simply works for me instead of, and, and I still do it sometimes, instead of buying little individual candles for different people, I have mm-hmm. a, I was gifted, I won a door prize. I never win. So it's very exciting that I did that. Great energy. But I want a very beautiful, very expensive, in a glass jar with a metal lid, something I probably wouldn't have bought, um, candle, and it has spa on it, and it's beautiful Mm. smells. And I use that for healing. So I -hmm. continuously use that candle, and that's my healing candle. So you have inspired me. I may buy me an art spirituality candle and then use that candle because I've learned with my healing candle – as I use it for the same intention and build up that energy, it gets stronger yeah. and stronger. So you really inspired yes. me. Yes, thank you. And it really does work, too. Your intentions, especially if you use those correspondences, they're just mm-hmm. magnified. So whatever you create, they go into your creations. And when the final product is done, that's what the um, receiver will absorb. 
Oh, that's really that's really fun. So tell us about yeah. water. Okay, so I am a big fan of hydration, of course. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I will not just drink any old thing out of any old container. Like uh-huh. I'm not going to drink like the dime store coffee out of a styrofoam container when I want to be Mm -hmm. magically creative, you know? Uh, So I'm very picky. I want to use a container that's not going to distract me, A, and B, Mm -hmm. that's going to kind of fit into my creative intentions. So if I'm going to write like Mm -hmm. a spiritual book, it has to be something that inspires me creatively. Mm -hmm. And so I want to like, right now I'm holding this beautiful earthenware mug and it has like a an image of a crow on it and it's absolutely Ooh. gorgeous and it inspires me to keep going and then of course you know what we drink is important too mm-hmm. and so we want to make sure that we stay hydrated and then drink something that helps us keep going and mm-hmm. i found that you know i'm a big fan of coffee in the morning and then mm-hmm. hibiscus tea in the evening, afternoon, evening, there's something about hibiscus. I don't know what it is, but it really helps me keep going. It keeps me inspired. And I think we all oh. have our own personal, you know, herbal teas or some kind mm-hmm. of like an evening beverage, too, uh, that will just help us, like, reach that creative goal. It's kind of like we're tuning mm-hmm. in. We're like, we have like a radio dial. We're just like turning the dial, right. trying to figure out what correspondence helps us get into the zone. That's really fun. Yeah, that's interesting. And, again, that's something else to think about um, because, again, I really like essential oils and I dabble in that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, peppermint and orange and all the citrus and all the uplifting type Mm -hmm. of um, oils and scents and teas, um again but again like you say it's it's working try, i've become a big believer in trying it to see what it does for you because certain plants and certain correspondences have a traditional meaning but i have mm-hmm. learned that they may have a different or a special meaning for me depending yeah. upon history like honeysuckle is a very old plant it's a very old smell most places mm-hmm. most Perfumes don't use it anymore. It's a very old still. But for me, when I grew up, my grandmother, where I spent a lot of time, half her yard was honeysuckles. So for me, honeysuckle means family and joy and childhood. And so it's funny. So it's a scent that I have uh, reached out with and used in that, but maybe for the average person they wouldn't. So, yeah, I totally agree. This is a great time experiment and don't you feel like that's part of the creative process anyway definitely it's about tuning into what we feel and being authentic with that like acknowledging what our personal correspondences are and what makes us feel creative or what energies we can take from those ideas and bring into our creation process for sure 100 percent. so tell us about earth so I think there are a couple of things about Earth. Um, the first is you can use the elemental correspondences of Earth. I suggest using herbs and or crystals. You know, you have a different rhythm with both of these. 
birds are more mm-hmm. of like an annual kind of they grow and right. during the year and they like die back you know in many parts of the world um and uh they you know they live above the earth <laughs> and uh they are in uh, communication with the air and the sun, and then there are crystals, which are mostly below the earth, take a long time to form. They're very, very old, um, much older than plants for the most part, and mm-hmm. they have a, a, that crystalline structure as well, and that, you know, the plants have that other kind of organic structure. So figuring out which one of those relates more to your art and, you know, you don't have to overthink it. You can just kind of try some things. I have some ideas mm-hmm. in the world, some lists. But for me, you know, Sodalite, it really helps me communicate uh, in my writing process. But for fire dancing, I like to use carnelian, <laughs> you know, because it's, so, it's such a right. fiery energy. It's, it's such an extroverted, fun energy, carnelian, and citrine, too. Uh, but, uh, yeah, finding that out. But the other part of Earth is showing up to your creative workspace, which hopefully you've cleansed and everything, and then getting into place. You know, if you're a painter, put the brush in your hand. If you are Mm -hmm. a writer, open your laptop, open the document, put your fingers on the keyboard. If you are uh, a musician, you know, turn on your electronics. If you have electronics or just Put your fingers on the instrument, and then, uh, you know, you're kind of in place. I think that's an important part of the earth element is just, you know, your physical body has to be in place. You can have your mind in place, your heart in the right place, your spirit in the right place, but if your body isn't, you may not create. So it's an important link, you know? Right, and it's actually start to do something. (laughs) Just Yeah, just do it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and something else that I really enjoyed about your book um, is, and I think our listeners will too, is that you have a lot of um, activities, like at the, each of the chapters of the different mm-hmm. correspondences, you have questions that, and I'm a big journal person and plan, uh, planner, that makes you mm-hmm. um, really, really um, think. And uh, mm-hmm. so I really, I really enjoyed that. Well, thank you. Um, I, I love that. I love going deep into things and really, like, finding out what works. Because I've been doing this for so long, and I really mm-hmm. do want to help other people in their own creative journey. Right. And you also, throughout the book, give hints and um, suggestions of rituals. Uh, personal rituals and activities that people can do that illustrate the point that you're trying to make, which I really thought was clever. Thank you. And I love sharing all of those ideas and my stories because that's the biggest goal is inspiring people to actually create, to see that they have the magical means to do this and to kind of show them that they can connect with the creative spirit and get that inspiration and make their art. Absolutely. No, I think that's really, really good. And you just made a really good point that that, um, I had a note to make sure I mentioned. Um, You're a writer, and I like to work with paper art, and there's painting, but Mm -hmm. creativity comes in all forms. Uh, Dancing, Mm -hmm. uh, music, painting, writing, sculpting, Mm -hmm. uh, making candles. I think 
any form of creativity, and and some are probably well more well known than others. Hmm. Yeah, I think even makeup is creativity. You know, like the way that you fashion your um, outfit and stuff. It's like the way that you bake what you bake. You know, the food that you make. There's oh, like that's the a great flowers idea. that you grow. Yeah. There's so many ways of expressing your creativity, and yeah, this barely touches the surface on the examples, but everyone has that ability, and I think we all you know, have one thing or another that we use for our creativity. Absolutely, that's a that's a a great point. Oh yes, I was sitting here thinking. I have a friend who's a fabulous cook, and she's also a goddess with herbs, and and absolutely, she puts love and magic in her food, and. And yes, and you can taste the difference. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally, totally agree with you. Um, something in in your book that you talked about, which I found so interesting, is thought forms. So tell us mm-hmm. about about um, the spirits of creativity and waking um, waking thought forms. Tell us about that. Sure. Um, I think you're talking about the second part of the book. Yeah, the egregores. Egregores. And that's like, this is a loose definition, and the way I define it is that, you know, everything, every, uh, uh, everything, especially including your artistic uh, production, it has this energy. It has uh-huh. an intelligence. As an animist, this is what I believe. It has a spirit. Right. It has its own life. It has its own expression. It has its own beingness in the world. It's kind of like a psychic thought form that is just out there. And as you begin to create your art, it begins to show itself. It begins to reveal its shape and its manner. And when fiction writers are writing and they're like, oh, the characters just leapt off the page, that's Mm -hmm. the egregore coming to life like saying this is what I think the art should be. And, you know, yes, you are creating with a creative spirit, but then there's the idea and the energy and the spirit of the art itself. So every product has its own uh, spirit, and you can communicate with that in a ritual or a meditation, visualization, and get to know it a little bit better as opposed to just when you're creating. So it's a different experience, you know, uh, and – it's a more relaxed one because you're, there's no pressure of producing something or just trying to finish this chapter, or finish this song, and you're kind of like engaging with this, uh, the energy or the uh, spirit of your art, and it can tell you about itself. Um, so, I, you know, I started doing this in, a, in the past like four years or so, and it's really interesting what came up when I was doing these meditation visualizations and. I would engage with the egregore and be like, okay, this is what I think the product is. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they would have way more energy than I ever thought. <laughs> they would have, like, ideas and these expressions. Like um, the egregore for this book, it just is this beautiful <laughs> creature that just wants to share joy and fun and is, like, uh, adorable, absolutely adorable. And so uh, that's what is going out into the world. That's it kind of like creates itself. I, I you know, I right. it's, it's the product of my own mind, but 
it is its own product and it's uh, the creative spirit I think contributes to it as well. And we're getting into some like occult concepts here that may not be familiar to everybody, but right. I think it's a great idea to even just start to think about this kind of stuff and, you know, to just embrace your art too in a way just to be like, oh, I, I love you, you know, I bless you and I hope that you do good in the world. Um, so it, it's a great concept, I think. Absolutely, and I like it. And um, walk our listeners through because, um, again, it, it can be a little bit overwhelming or like, I don't know how I start, but you do a meditation to envision the egregore or creative spirit of your own art. Talk a little to us about that. Yeah, so I think that we don't really have an idea of what our art looks like to ourselves and maybe even to uh-huh. other people. So going into that trance state of mind and that engaging with it, calling it forth, and seeing what forms it takes, what ideas it has, like how it engages with you, it's it's really fascinating, you know, because in a way you've created this idea in the world, this energy, this spirit, and you're going to release it. But when you can get to know it before you do that, I think that you're more well-informed of, like, what's actually the, how the spirit presents itself, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and you talk about, I think you, um, I'm trying to remember, I think that you compare it with coffee as an example. Yeah, so there's an egregore of coffee in the world, like, mm-hmm. If I'm like, you know, think of your favorite coffee house. You might mm-hmm. hear noises. You might smell this aroma of coffee. Right. You might hear like a steaming melt. You might like see the lights. You might see the uniform or the logo of the people. Um, you know, you might uh, taste the coffee in your mouth. And mm-hmm. these are all impressions of the egregore of coffee or that coffee house. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe coffee in general, but at least that coffee house. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an example that we can all relate to because most of us have been to a coffee house. <laughs> um, but, you know, somebody birthed that idea, someone came up with that, and now we all experience it, you know. We right. all uh, enjoy going to that place and ordering our beverage of choice and, you know, experiencing the sights and the sounds and the smells of that place. Um, so that all relates to the egregore of that coffee house or coffee in general. Absolutely. And it's funny you say that because it is true. I've, I've probably one of the mo- most well-known is Starbucks. And, and for mm-hmm. many, many people, uh, including my children, it's not just the coffee. It's the whole experience. Yeah. So, yeah, it's you know, the feeling. It, it becomes exactly. a, yeah. right. it, it's, it's this whole thing. And even though you might be able to get cheaper or taste just as good at the corner gas station, it's a different experience. And people are willing to pay for that experience. And it's been created over time. Yes. And it's uh, reproduced. There's a lot of um, – they, they keep things the same, you know. They keep the, the mm-hmm. coffee the same. They keep the measurements the same, the brand of the liquor, the mm-hmm. – the flavor syrups the same. I used to work at a Starbucks, so I know. Oh, you did, this. so you know. <laughs> I did. Yes, 
and and a few independent coffee stores as well. But um, yeah, so I and I love the Egregore coffee. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. And I go to Starbucks. I go to other indie stores, and I just absolutely adore that. And I think it's you know what's not to love about that. But it was really an example because um, you know how Starbucks has that. Um, the same product. You can go anywhere in the country or maybe right. in the world and get the same product. And uh, you're going to have your impression of it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to like certain things and not other things. But you will have that experience. And so that's how it is with your art, I think, too. Like millions of people are going to see the Mona Lisa every year or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. They will take away something different from that experience. You know, millions of people, uh, maybe hundreds, thousands of people are going to see your art, you know, every year. And they're going to take away something different. But there is that uh, spirit of your art that you put mm-hmm. out there uh, that will be resonant with them. I totally agree. Um, and your book gives, and, and this and, and this chapter I felt like you just wrote for me, um, you do a really <laughs> good job of talking about, um, realistically distractions from your art. And um, mm-hmm. I, I, the rabbit hole is something that um, I can go down, you know, the old saying, what are you doing? Oh, look, it's a squirrel. Um, I can go down really quickly, um, especially if I have something that I'm nervous to do. Do you know what I mean? Or attempt that I may fail, then I will yeah. find a lot of other different things to do instead of that. So I really, really appreciated um, the chapter in the book about distractions, distracting from your art and ways to get past it. Well, and I've been a victim of rabbit holes as well. And aren't they fun? <laughs> but you don't get anything they, done, really, you know. <laughs> right. And they can lead to other things. It's not necessarily bad. Um, I can just... Um, Absolutely. I think there's a section in your book you talked about uh, cleaning your space, and it's funny because if I <laughs> got to do something, but I've, I don't know what I'm going to do, or 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 it's last minute, and and I have I have to be organized. I have to have an organized space somewhat in order to create. I will sit there and I will intricately create something and stamp the labels and do all this stuff and spend my whole mm-hmm. night creating my cleaning and not doing my mm-hmm. So I felt like you were writing this section for me. So it was really, <laughs> really good to recognize to recognize that. Yeah. I mean, that's so relatable, right? Like every time I write a book, <laughs> I have to clean my spice cabinet. I'm like, Why? I don't know why. I know. <laughs> it just happens. And and I love what Tess Whitehurst said. Uh, I quoted her in that, I, or I cited her at least, and how she says that, you know, if you reduce the clutter uh, in some aspect of your life, you actually clear up more space for creativity. Right. Yeah, and I believe right. in that 100%. Yes, I do too. I, I do too. And, uh, um, yeah, and so I totally agree that you need to have space to do that. But I find myself mm-hmm. using it as a distraction to to avoid doing something that maybe I'm not don't know that I'm a, a little bit afraid to do or or that I need to do. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a a really good. I, I may get a little stuck mm-hmm. tiny bunny 
and put it on my desk to remind myself not to go down <laughs> rabbit holes. Go <laughs> down the rabbit holes. It's a procrastination. You know, sometimes it feels good. I like to give into it sometimes, but not overly, you know. Absolutely. I, you know, right. Now, once, now it will be serious if I do my creative spirit ends up being a rabbit. But I agree with you that, yeah, you can easily go down. And they're fun. You learn new things, but absolutely. Oh, yeah, that would be fantastic. You'll have to let me know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so if someone was going to start this process of mm-hmm. inspiring creativity through their magic, besides I say the first thing they need to do is buy your book, how can they start small? What are some steps you would give them to start small? Well, um, I start all my creative projects with a brainstorm. And oh, good the way idea. I do that. It's it's in the air chapter pretty much. It's like mm-hmm. you know, you write an idea of what you're inspired by, you write down in the middle of a piece of paper and then you start to just be like, Okay, what is related to that? Like let's say like you like um like poppies, how beautiful poppies mm-hmm. look. And then you can write like the color red, the color orange, mm-hmm. like maybe they're like if, if you're a painter and like they're growing by a gate with a complementary color, or um, mm-hmm. how uh, maybe poppies look in the rain, or maybe like the blue poppy. You know, you just look, like mm-hmm. write down all of your ideas around there, and then you write ideas off of those ideas, and you keep going until you find those big clusters, and you're like, oh, this is a really good idea. Like this is a really cool thing that, you know, I thought of, and I feel like we just have to kind of go down that creative path, but we also have to keep track of it, and that's where the brainstorming paper comes into play. Uh, It just gives us kind of like a launching pad, because sometimes we need to actually take one step and then another before the next one appears, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. so if we're not taking those steps, we may not see three steps ahead of ourselves. Um, a lot of what I advocate is just showing up and beginning, trying to do the work, mm-hmm. you know, getting in place, you know, using whatever methods work for you to create. It's, it's all mm-hmm. about whatever works for you. Uh, but just show up and do the work. And enjoy the process. It's funny. Yeah. Um, I've learned, I used to, um, and I'm not really a perfectionist, but I used to get frustrated with myself because, like, I would do something several times, no matter what it was. Mm-hmm. And then finally I found the perfect thing for me. And I used to say, that, why am I so silly? Why didn't I just do that in the first place? And then I realized it's the journey that is creating, mm-hmm. is teaching me what's perfect for me. And so yeah. it's okay to do something and it not be right or it fail mm-hmm. or do something because then you're just learning what's right for you. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to relax in that process. So, and I think yeah. this process would be like that too. Just try, just like I have a lot of students who collect and read a lot of books on candle magic, but they've never actually dressed and held a candle. So it's just wow, do yeah. it. It's okay if it's not perfect because experience mm-hmm. will help you get there. Don't you think that's true? Yeah, and I always say there's no such thing as imperfection unless you include right imperfection as uh, perfection because, I mean, even in nature, there's no absolutes. So why do we hold ourselves to that standard? 
And I totally agree with what you said. You know, the journey, uh, having fun along the way, like playing with your art is the best way to actually make progress and to, you know, end up having a good experience with it. And, you know, the people who don't do that, they end up with the final product and they're still not happy. Well, they could have been happy just, like, starting out. <laughs> so Absolutely. I think that's an important thing that you said, and I love that so much. Yeah, and I can't remember what chapter. I remember you talking about art is therapy, and this process mm-hmm. also helps you get, it was probably the water chapter, helps you get emotions. And I find that when I create and I do things, I will get an idea or things occur to me, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I haven't thought about that in years. Why am I thinking like that? I think it it kind of opens you up, those uh, mm-hmm. deep caverns, and allows everything to come to the surface safely. Yeah, and uh, we have to get over our uh, emotions that try to hold us back based out of fear, mm-hmm. especially irrational fear, um, because oftentimes people are not judging us as harshly as we think they are or as much as we right. judge ourselves. Right. And that's not helpful. Right. <laughs> no, no. It, it You know, the old um, the old joke is that, you know, I look at pictures from 20 years ago, and I wish I looked like that in that picture when I thought I was too heavy. So there you go. So you just always, we just judge ourselves too harshly in the world. So I totally, yeah. totally agree. Was this, and I'm just so fascinated by creative people, was this, um, is your writing process, um, is our books, um, do they come out quickly? Are you a disciplined writer, like you just write every night or every day? How? What is your creative process for writing? Well, first I get obsessed with an idea. <laughs> and you go down the rabbit hole. I just hole get anyway. so inspired, and I'm like, oh, my God, I love it so much. And then I do the brainstorm. I do, like, refining uh-huh. with it and only do what I love the most. And then um, I write – I usually, you know, when I'm in the thick of writing a book, I write probably every day or every other day. I try to take mm-hmm. breaks, you know, just to give myself some space. But um, mm-hmm. the thing is, is I, I try to just, like, do a big hot outpour, a big hot take, you know, just try to get it all out there, try to make it all make mm-hmm. sense. And then I like to say, like, I'm not a great writer, but I'm a great editor <laughs> because mm-hmm. it takes, like, I give it to my um, my editor at Llewellyn, and then a few months go by and they get back to me with some notes. I make those corrections, and I also go through it again, and I'm like, oh, wait, I can explain this better. Oh, I have a better mm-hmm. citation for that or whatever. And it's really fascinating because, that's when, you know, it's it's a different part of the brain, but mm-hmm. it really helps me refine things. It's, it's like, you know, doing like a course kind of like uh, imagery and then really doing the defining details. You know, like it's, you mm-hmm. know, if you're a musician, you would have like that beta release tape and then the actual studio mm-hmm. tape. <laughs> it's a big mm-hmm. difference. And they're both great. But, um, you know, you want to release the higher quality one to the public. So it's a whole process with editing, too. It takes a long time with multiple editors and whatnot. But, yeah, and that's about it. You know, it's it's a deep dive for sure. Oh, that's so, I mean, that's so fun. So do you have another project in the works, or do you have another idea of another type of book? 
Yeah, I'm always taking notes on books. That's also <laughs> I have about like three ideas, and I have submitted one to Llewellyn, but they haven't gotten back to me yet. So we will see um, what they want to do about that. You know, it, it's all good, whatever happens. Like, uh, I, I'm kind of like in this beautiful feeling of like just releasing this product, this book to the world right now. So I'm not in mm-hmm. the creation mode, but you know, I know that that'll start up again, whether it's through writing or a fire dancing thing, or maybe even my finger painting that I love so much. It's you know, kind of my side project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I'll jump back into those creative waters soon, and I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, that's great. So tell everybody um, they can find you on Facebook and Instagram. I'm not a Facebook girl, but I do like Instagram, so I'm going to have to follow you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like, again, Instagram because it's visual, and, and, I, I, and I, I, uh, I, do like, uh, I do like that. Yeah, me too. I like sharing stories and ideas and thoughts and images like that. So I love Instagram for that too. And uh, I have a webpage too. It's astrayataylor.com. Uh, I have mm-hmm. some fine books there and um, other things like I have a newsletter with my events and whatnot. And I, I live out of Ohio, so I have a few events coming up in Ohio. And, oh, tell us about that. Uh, Okay, I'm doing the Columbus Witches Ball November 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing Earth Warrior Festival in, I believe, September um, in uh, southern Ohio. And mm-hmm. I'm doing the Salem Witch City Tarot Gathering later this month in July. Uh, Ooh, there's a that's market fun. There, which is open to the public, yes, and uh, mm-hmm. looking forward to that. And, yeah, I just have a lot of cool events lined up and, you know, I like to share those um, and, you know, reach out to people. I just really love and leading rituals folks, and workshops. Folks can get signed books because there is a certain um, clientele of people who really like signed books. Uh, um, oh, my yeah. My partner yeah. told me he likes signed books. So I they, them too. they can reach out to your <laughs> – oh, that's funny. They can yeah. um, reach out to your website and they can get signed books from your, web, from your website. Yeah, and – dedicated to, you know, you or your friends, and, you know, I'll include a little gift note if you'd like me to. It's all good. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. a really yeah. fun thing, too. And I put a lot of love and intention into that as well, of course. Oh, yeah. That's really fun. Well, you have been totally delightful tonight. Um, I'm Thank so you so much. I'm so excited about this book, and I um, – I look forward to your other endeavors, and 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 I, I told her, and I told the listeners, I had several of the books. In fact, I have Modern Witchcraft with the Greek Gods. I bought, but I have not yet read. So I'm going to um, have to um, um, read that next. So uh, again, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us tonight. It was absolutely my pleasure and my honor. Thank you for having me on. And remember, everyone, her newest book is Inspiring Creativity Through Magic, but you also can get her other published books through Llewellyn, Air Magic, Intuitive Witchcraft, and Modern Witchcraft with the Greek Gods. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Good night. Besides Australia, I'd like to thank Stephen, our sound engineer, for his technical expertise. 
And finally, I'd like to thank all of you out there, our listeners, for your continued support of all of our shows here on Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast, or CSNP. Raven Gramasi contributed a wealth of knowledge and magic to the, um, and wisdom to the occult community over decades before his untimely death in 2019. Join us again, our next Circle Talk, on Tuesday, August 1st, as we talk with his wife, Stephanie Gramasi. Stephanie is preserving um, Raven's legacy as she's reintroducing his texts and books to new audience of readers and seekers of the magical arts. You will not want to miss this circle talk. So I look forward to being with you again. Please come back. Good night, everyone, and blessed be. Thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow nature-centered paths. Join us throughout the week for various programming connecting with the community around the world. Please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash CSN podcast. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. Until next time, many blessings. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.